0: I'm Joyce Hornady. You might say accuracy is my business. I make bullets.
1: You are listening to the Hornady Podcast. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Hornady Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Swerzik. And before we start in on this episode, if you haven't yet, you're going to want to go backwards and listen to episode 32, where we talked about preseason pronghorn. Because here we are mid October, and we are now doing post-season pronghorn, doing a recap. So, to my right, fellow marketeer Judge Jarzinka, across from him, Preston Lentfer, and project engineer Ryan Damon. Guys, thanks for coming around the table. You bet.
0: Yep. Our yep. antelope for this one. finally closed. It's closed, it's and we're
1: joined at the table by a couple good looking goats here. Uh, for the viewers, obviously you can see which one's a little bit more dandy than the other, but for those listening, we've got Two great goats. One of them, I would say, is the jumbo.
0: Yep, easily. That's that's a shooter, no doubt. every yeah, every day every of the week. Time.
1: Yep. So yeah. uh, before we get into the stories and how things went down, and and uh, and we hear about you know what you guys learned and what you guys did, uh, for the listeners out there, you're probably going to hear some background noise. Uh, as much as we don't like it, uh, our facility is growing and the company's growing. It's well, all good like things. that part. Yeah, we like that part for sure. Uh, It's just inconvenient when they're doing some building and some reno uh, right next door here. So if you hear any hammering, drilling, curse words, you know, that kind of stuff, there's just some construction going on.
0: And I'll do my best to try and take it out if possible. So hopefully you won't hear any at all.
1: Not at all. Right. So where should we start now? We should probably start chronological, I suppose. Yeah. And coincidentally, the, the first one in that chronological order happens to be the jumbo. What'd you call him earlier, Jed? <laughs> the hula whopper. Oh, the
2: hula whopper. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't remember what I said. Yeah. That's a hula whopper.
1: Yeah. All right. So, uh, we had four antelope hunts teed up for you guys. And the first one, Ryan, take us through time of year, where you're at, you know, where you're at, what you're shooting and how this went down. Cause we're looking at a, you know, 80 inch or bigger goat here. Yeah. So how this, how'd this go down?
3: So, uh, as we discussed in our, preseason pronghorn episode we were talking about a group of us guys going out to utah uh this kind of an industry deal we were fortunate enough to be able to go to this this ranch in utah and we had six guys six guys with antelope tags so we were in a pretty special place i mean looking back on it now i I appreciate even more than when i was there but uh so we had three pairs of guys two two and two and uh we got side by sides and the whole whole works And, uh, we, it was, this is Labor Day weekend. Okay. Early season. Early, early. right at September 1st, it was first day of the season. Uh, we got there the night before, checked our rifles at two, 300 yards. Just make sure everybody was confident with that. Um, I'm shooting my 6.5 Creedmoor with Precision Hunter Mm. 143s.
1: We've mentioned it many times. Probably one of my favorite utilitarian medium-sized game rifles right there you really built a nice one but sorry to go ahead
3: and uh yeah so just shoot steel at two 300 yards yep good to go uh confident there guys are saying be ready to take a shot out to 400 yards sitting kneeling in a realistic hunting scenario so mm-hmm. and i had i had talked about that before we did some preparation when we're practicing doing those types of shooting scenarios so i was feeling feeling good feeling ready uh and yeah we head out pretty early in the morning on the first day and they those guys there have scouted the area they know what bucks are in the area okay we got some good ones in the group over here and over here and they're they kind of know what they're looking for so the first thing in the morning we're going to these spots okay he would seen this buck here three weeks prior or whatever it was and we glass and right away first light we're seeing antelope that morning mm. it's like yeah okay there's there's a lot of antelope around here and Sun's barely cresting up in the horizon. We're seeing bucks. They're not shooter bucks for there. So, like, yeah, those maybe tomorrow we'll look at those. Like, and this is uh we had two days to hunt basically. So and they're saying, yeah, well, there's some bucks over there, but we're not going to go after them yet. It's first day. If we need to, we'll go after them the next day. And we're they were talking seventy inch antelope probably. Like, wow, just, eh, hard to pass walk, those up, those. especially okay. with all of our history yeah. antelope hunting. <laughs> yeah, but. There's just this one buck that uh, we were looking for, and he, they had, a, had him named. It was Casanova was his name. Oh, because he had all the ladies, huh? Yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> but no, after looking back, you can see see why. Uh, so we find some bucks, blah, 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 not much there. Okay, let's go back and move to the next spot. Well, we're on our way back to the, to the rig, the side-by-side, walking this ridge line, and we just happened to look back. Me and Randy, another engineer here. Uh, look back and we see some cows down in this valley by a pond and Randy's like no I think there's some there's some antelope there too like "Ah, are you sure look back oh yeah those those are some goats down there I think they're just does though they're probably I don't know 900,000 yards away Mm. and then so we talked to Pepper our guide and he's like oh yeah yeah there's some goats down there oh yeah there's a buck down there now let's look so he Pulls out the spotter. Worth getting out the spotter for. He's like, "Oh yeah, that's a decent buck." Couple seconds. Oh hey, that's a really good buck, actually. <laughs> I think that's my buck. I think that's. I think we should go kill him. I'm like, oh, "All right, game <laughs> on. Let's do it." So yeah, we uh, they just work up this valley out of our out of our field of view. So we just cut distance. I don't know, three quarters of a mile, a mile maybe. Get to where we think they had. Went up this valley, this low spot. We get up a hillside and we cross the fence, crawling up the grass. Okay, we we think they're think they're down here, and uh, sure enough, we start seeing the does, the group of does, and uh, they saw us. <laughs> sure they did. So, Amazing like, Well, eyesight. you can tell. I can tell based on my public land history with antelope. I don't think I'd have got that far if those were public land antelope. <laughs> 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 like those those does would they probably would have boogered already, but they're skittish but not flighty they know that we're there and they're paying attention but yeah they're not taking off and that so that buck is comfortable as long as those does are comfortable they tolerate us i mean we're crawling slow and the grass is fairly tall um i'm getting us getting a spot where i think those does are like three i'll say 350 yards away or something they're up on the hillside past us and that buck was in the back back group probably 10 12 does and uh I couldn't see him. Pepper saw him because he's to my right. I couldn't see him. Like I, I got no, I got no sight here. He's in the grass. Okay, I can pick up high enough. Okay, I can see his horns. And the, uh, yeah, I, I just set up. I'm like, okay, as far as I can go. Otherwise, those those does are probably gonna booger out of here. Mm-hmm. So I get set set on a tripod and sitting high enough to get above this grass. I think I was ready for 300 yard shot or something. I think I had dialed.
1: Should be about a mil.
3: Yeah, yeah. Whatever it was, I got the the two stories. That the later story here is on my mind most recently, so I got to think back to what. The, oh yeah, because you've specifics. hunted so many antelopes, <laughs> that you got to get your story straight here. But anyway, uh I, I he gets to okay. He walks out. He's wide open. I'm like all right, I can take a shot. He looks up at us. He looks away, and I squeeze it off. And then instantly I hear impact, whop. just swap. Just yeah, him.
1: 143 ELDX, even then, at that lower velocity, yeah. just just wallops. Yeah, because muzzle
3: velocity with my gun is like 25, 60, mm-hmm. so, uh, it's going Short barrel on there, right? 20-inch barrel 20 inch yeah, with the factory ammo. It's, it's going slower. So anyway, uh, I see the impact. I got on the gun quick enough, I see his initial reaction. He just stiffens his whole front side up and just stand straight back on his rear legs. It was so cool. Mm. Was like, oh, yeah, he's, I smoked him. He's done. Rears up like a horse. Yeah, he did. It looked like his back was almost vertical. He probably wasn't, but it, in my head, that's what I remember seeing. And he just stood there. It seemed like forever and uh, probably a few seconds. But he came back down and kind of stumbled a bit and did it again, came back off his front legs and reared up on his back legs again. And I, I reload another time. Like, okay, maybe I shot him. High shoulder and miss something, you, you know, just the yeah, just the doubt initially. Unless I, I didn't see him drop right away, so that was my my thought. But he stumbles, comes back down, stumbles, and but he was dead on two feet uh, the yeah, whole time. He was time. toast, but he falls down and he actually lays down with his head up, alert for longer than I expected he would. But
1: it was ten seconds and he was dead. Yeah, and he was it, when head you're head go- down and belly over, things happen at that rate of speed. Your mind processes sure. information. It feels like an eternity.
3: So yeah, the under, the shot ended up being two hundred and ninety yards, I think. Uh so yeah, we
0: and, and what position were you in when you shot it?
3: Sitting sitting sitting. Sitting on my butt tripod in the grass.
0: Perfect. Like a like clamped into the tripod. No, or?
3: just like a
1: sandbag on
3: top of a okay. little yep. fold
1: out tripod. All the reason to practice those positions. I mean you can get really stable in a position like that when you know what you're doing. Yeah, I mean,
3: I would love to have a prone shot. Everybody would, but the grass out there is actually fairly not, good. Not shape overgrazed compared to compared to here. We had it's been really dry but out there. They had been getting a few good rains here just prior to when we got there, and the grass still was growing. Uh, but yeah, you weren't going to get a prone shot unless yeah. you had a, a nice rocky edge or something you could set up on. So yeah, he was he was dead
1: there, and we went and. Did you know he was this good when no. he walked up there? No, no, he just walked up yeah, and he, he just walked ground like, oh, broke. Oh, holy smokes!
3: Yeah, those are, <laughs> that's heavy, but yeah. So, no, I didn't really pay attention. As long as he said it's good enough goat to shoot, I didn't. Okay, I'm shooting him if I can.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And yeah, then you get up on him when he's down. Like, oh yeah, holy smokes, <laughs> that's a good goat. I mean, I, by far the biggest goat I've ever seen. You know alone. his
0: measurements to describe for the listeners. Uh, how long is he? I guess I think he's
3: just under fifteen, like fourteen and a half, and fourteen and seven eighths on main beam length. His right prong just under six inches here, and his left one's a quarter inch smaller, like oh. five and
1: seven eighths and five and five eighths. Yeah, uh, and his cutters cut up there. I mean, they're not low at all. They're they got a good shape to them. Yeah.
3: I don't remember who's mass measurements, bottom two mass measurements were
0: it look like they're approaching seven or better.
3: Six plus. Yeah, they were they're were probably I think they're under seven.
1: I don't Either way, it's rate. a dandy goat regardless of score. Cool experience. Great shot. And that yeah. practice that you were doing, we talked about it in episode thirty two. Like you're you're or no, we were talking about it in uh The podcast about getting your rifles ready is practicing in those positions, getting comfortable, shooting from places that are uncomfortable, and it obviously paid off for you big time.
2: I want to know about engineer Randy. He's a A little Randy man, energetic, you know, feel good guy. Him watching this go down. So he was actually his reaction.
3: Oh, he was probably more ejected than I was. (laughs) Probably sounded like Stan Potts. (laughs) He was because he was behind us the whole time. We were in the, the, the approach, the stock that last last approach was in a position where he was safe to be behind us without really causing much more pressure on those antelope so he was right behind us on our basically on our hip the whole way up there and this was a, a couple few hundred yards we crawled up there and a uh, funny story we were <laughs> on that last approach it's like we're trying to be dead silent and stuff and randy's phone goes off. <laughs> oh like, man!
1: Oh, crap. <laughs> All right. That's that's <laughs> that uh funny. that's low brow. Come on now. It's we're like hunting one oh one. You
3: gotta silence the yeah. phone well, now. Yeah. Like, I, well I, I can only imagine
2: hunting. hunting with Randy what that would be like.
3: And he was all worried about it, but yeah, it turned out to be Inconsequential. Inconsequential. So but.
2: talk about that a little bit though. I'm more curious about you know, you went there with a group of guys from Hornady yeah. that you work with every day and you know, a handful of guys hunt together and do things together, but this was a group of just a bunch of engineers that see each other every day maybe for the first time doing something like this together so what what was that like you know G- getting to know everybody closer
3: yeah i mean yeah it's kind of different like you work with the same group of guys in the office every day but when you get outside the office true colors true characters yeah. come out you, you know that was kind of nice to i think we were with a group, good group of guys i enjoyed it uh randy he's a, he's a great guy you guys know him but yeah a good engineer he's a great guy great engineer great at what he does i respect the heck out of him and he so i offer him hey you you choose who's shooting first here because it was up to us nobody else cared it was me, me and him yeah like who's up to bat first in the morning uh he's I'm like you want to go first you go first you you decide randy and he's just insisted i go first yeah he, well he, he was let me go a, first, so.
1: a career army officer and that's a that's an officer move right there yeah
3: so yeah, that by just that, then we happened to go for the top hit list buck that morning and just, I happened to be up to bat. So that by by no merit of mine, got to shoot
1: this yeah. giant buck. That just happened to be in the right situation. <laughs> That's There's a, a saying that uh, I uh, was with uh, an outfit up in Canada here recently. If Check out the Moose Mania episode. And uh, the guide said, uh, there's going to be a lot of moose get spanked this fall. We just got to make sure that we have the paddle and, uh, that <laughs> antelope stepped up to get spanked and you had the paddle.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's huge. And it's like one of those things, see antelope we talked about in the earlier episode, they're so weird and unique for us specifically, where we don't live around them. We have to drive to, to get into their area. And so I could probably imagine seeing this go and like, okay, yeah, it looks nice, but without like having another buck right there to compare oh, it sure, to it's sure, like sure i don't know it's an antelope i don't really know so Looks and then good. walking up and seeing that freak yeah but that was pretty awesome and i don't have a ton
3: of just in this season i've my experience field judging antelope kind of getting an idea of what their score would be or the characteristics based on certain mm-hmm. things compared to other bucks on the hoof has grown immensely and the guy we were with in in utah helped me do that a lot because he's he looks over all of He's them. He's looked at thousands and thousands of antelope for a long time. Mm-hmm. And his pronghorn's his thing. He, It's his passion. He loves it. And when he says that's a shooter. He says that's a good buck. It's a it's a good buck. Yeah. And then after that, we look go to look for rant, a buck for Randy. Okay, I, we spot some, and ah, that's a 71, 72-inch buck. And we pass. We don't even go <laughs> for it after him. Like, that just tells well, you the type of place you're at and yeah. the type of herd management they have in place there to then yeah we killed six bucks that group of guys killed six bucks that one day in six shots six shots one shot one kill six times in one day so that tells you a lot of again tells you a lot about what kind of place you're at
1: what a special place <laughs> so what a special buck i know it's hard to see uh probably for the viewer but there's so much character going on there's little stickers off the back side of this thing and just a dang cool buck.
0: And your guide's name was Pepper? Yes. And what was his main profession?
3: He was an orthopedic surgeon, a doctor. Oh, a doctor. Se- <laughs> Dr. Pepper. Yeah, He was a <laughs> Dr. Pepper. Oh, man. But a good yeah. guy. He, he had never heard that
1: joke before. No. no, no likely not. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> his name's legitimately Pepper? Yes. Oh, man. That's too bad. He's a great guy. I'm sure he is. He but chose to be a doctor. I was gonna say you, had, <laughs> you, you went into that. You did seven years of medical school, knowing that you're gonna be called Doctor Pepper. Yeah, uh, he's got a he's got thick skin and a good sense of humor. I'm guessing. Oh yeah, <clears throat> excellent. And what a cool story! What a cool buck, and just an awesome opportunity. Uh, Definitely. Yeah, and to to ha- you know to be able to have that opportunity, knowing that it's going to increase your field competency in looking for a mature animal and being able to gauge a mature animal. And, uh, you know, it probably helped a little bit with the psyche in how do you pass it? You know, how do you pass bucks like that uh, to get to a buck like this? And that's difficult, I think, for all of us to, you know, pass something good to look for something great. There's a lot of us right there where I can't pass something good because I want something great. (laughs) Uh, That's that's awesome. So let's shift gears then from Utah to Nebraska. Uh, and for the listeners out there to remember episode 32, this is the unit that Judd's got all the experience in. Couldn't choke down a cheeseburger. Thirsty. <laughs> yeah, ran as, out of water. Yeah. Like he was in the Sahara and, uh, killed a stud buck, cool buck. And, uh, you guys were back out there a few years later. Let's hear how that all went down. Well, cause uh, this was again, completely independent of the company. This is just two hunters out there on the public land grinding it out with everybody else
0: yes so we uh opening of the season was a saturday and we took off on a friday uh mid-morning uh five hour drive to get there i would say from where yep. we were at yep um so off to the northwest corner of nebraska we'll just say that and we, and we got to the area uh, add an honorary cheeseburger on the way there. I forgot about Good, that one. Good deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll have a cheeseburger every time I go antelope hunting now.
1: I think we should. <laughs> yeah.
0: Just tradition. It's tra- tradition. You don't mess with tradition. Yeah. Yep. So we get uh to the area and uh, kind of immediately start seeing antelope. Kind of a few antelope per public spot. Now, this is not a big ranch contiguous, yeah. where it's contiguous, but each spot or even private parcels seem to have a an antelope on it. Some of them okay-ish. I'm still not very good, and I've hunted a lot of antelope this year about field judging them. Um, But we wanted to check out Judge spot. So Ryan was marking goats as we were driving by him, so we can always come back. Yep. Because we kind of hit uh, went by all these places on the way to the end of Nebraska and then came back. Okay, uh, so just
1: marking bit. them on your hunt map of yep. where they're at okay
0: yep, yep. um so we checked Judd's spot out and it's great just like as you described you, that and that road well, is was the totally, sign still there yep that road you is totally legal spot yeah staked right into the ground judd was here w-u-z yeah uh, it's got a tick mark because it killed one goat so yeah.
1: every time you go back you have to put a notch in the post
0: so it's pretty cool where you where that road mm. stopped and you can't drive anymore i don't think you can see that from the road so that that's pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Had to go through a gate. I mean it just you had to do a little effort to go mm-hmm. mess with us. Um but we decided to pull the glass out and we were mm-hmm. on the way to just hit this um uh, watering hole or cow water uh or tank. Oh, tank solar, is the word. Was it looking just like for. a solar well or something? Nope. I don't know how they got water. They must have brought oh. water out to it. That one was bone dry anyway. Bone dry. Yeah, but anyway. It didn't bring. On the way to get there, and we spot an antelope, a bunch of does, and then we kind of look over to the left, kind of like you do with antelope. Mm -hmm. Look on the one side or the other of the does, and there's a buck right there.
1: Now, real quick, uh, it's early in the year. Is the grass still pretty green out there? Not at all. Not at all. I was going to say, because you got those white butts, they stand out, but when the grass turns, they all kind of look the same.
3: Yeah. I, I think I kept... Using the adjective crispy because Oh, yeah. it, Crunch. Was yeah. it was dry out there. Okay. It was dry. All right.
0: Be careful where you park. Yep. Parking the real short stuff, which wasn't hard to find. <laughs> so uh, there he is. There he is. And we're like, oh, crap. And I tried to get some footage of him. They take off down the valley. Like, okay, we kind of know where they're going, we think. Um, checked out your other camping spot. Suggestion. Beautiful little place. little vista you could look down across the valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, but elected to keep going, still checking out all the public spots. Cause you're this there a day early. Yeah. This yep. is still Friday in the night. No, night not hunting yet. Yeah. You're just. No guns, no, no weapons. We're just, just glassing. Trying to find a place to hunt the next morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we go, uh, I think a spot over North and to the West and like just immediately turn on the road, publics to our right, a little bit of publics to our left and we're just seeing goat, 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 goat. Like oh this is this is pretty good. This is pretty not bad. So here's here's an option, and then there was a road to get to a watering tank. We'll keep that in the back of our mind. Go check out one more spot. Still see a few more antelope. So we're seeing mission accomplished. Lots of them, but we felt like where we saw all those goats, like quite a few of them, just right off the road on a public piece. We'll camp there and try it in the morning. We felt that spot had a little more. More density of... more activity. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds That's like there cool. was
1: enough little pieces of public that if you mess something up, you could just pop over to the next one yep. or something. Yep. And
0: they're not exactly small pieces of public either, so it would take a lot to booger them up real bad. Okay. I feel. Yeah. Um, got out the propane grill, one mm-hmm. pound propane right off the tailgate and had, uh, uh, sorry, Judd, no cheeseburgers, but jalapeno cheddar Polish dogs. Oh. Spicy. Sounds must, good. Su- sweet and spicy mustard right? Yeah. That sounds like a good meal while you're I out had there. had to have the sweet and spicy mustard. That was you his request, and then we had it. Oh, also had pickled herring, <laughs> <laughs> pickled okra. I mean, just the just typical dude hunting kool yeah. <laughs> Well, I have to jump in here because the
1: day before you guys left for the hunt, Preston's lunch consisted of pickled pole sausage, pickled eggs, and pickled carrots. <laughs> spicy <laughs> pickled carrots. And loot. they're delicious. Uh, I had, had some
0: a, today at the Mexican uh, joint downtown. It's delicious
1: as well. Yeah, alright, so that's the food well, well, scenario.
2: That's for the cramps, right? Don't you get to chug the pickle juice? Yeah, that's the, why I do it's it. Polish yeah. Gatorade. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> what on. So do we
1: call it in our house.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we set up tents. We each have our own tent. Uh, we sleep the night. Um, I want to do a little filming because we are doing, uh, Ryan's doing a little black op stuff here with a new product, and I, I do a little bit of filming right away in the morning when the, when the sun hasn't come quite up yet, you know, oh, with yeah, a good set camera the light. Mood. Uh, and then we head for the biggest hill that was out there, which really wasn't that big. It's kind of surprising. I'd i been to that part of the state, and if you go just a little bit south there, there's some hills. Yeah, the buttes for, get a lot more yeah, aggressive. For a lot people more that topography. say Nebraska is just flat, it's not true. Well, it is on I-80. It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but this, uh, this place had more rolling hills. Okay. And then we found one that was a little tall, so we just, I said, we better climb that. You said we better climb that, and I said I agree, and we got the glass out, and it was probably took five minutes or so before we saw our first goat, and I was a little bummed, because if, if, you, if you're looking through glass for five minutes and not seeing anything, that's not very good. And we're good. looking
3: a long ways, too, out there. Yeah. yeah. So Miles, several.
0: I was a little bit worried, but <clears throat> eventually we see a, an antelope, and he's chasing a little buck, and he's a little buck himself, and they're at 500 yards, and said, First day and absolutely not, not no interest. Just, just an antelope. It's just an antelope. Yeah, pretty small, Mr. They were Here, <laughs> uh, bigger than the one I eventually ended up shooting. No spoiler alert there. Okay, but at uh, the time,
3: we were still pretty optimistic about their what the rest of the day might bring. Well,
0: especially because the next antelope we saw happened to be twelve hundred yards away, and with a naked eye, you're like, that's a buck right there. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, from our vantage. Point. he was on the, this backside of a rolling hill and we could just walk on this other side of the rolling hill Easy right day. to him. Um, didn't to be that way. really take... look. hindsight, we probably should have taken a range of him yep. and been able <laughs> to range the hill that we were on looking oh, back. Yeah,
3: there's no real features you could have said he's this far from that set of rocks or anything. Mm-hmm. There's really nothing. But we should have done something better of trying to figure out once we get down that way, how close are we to where that group of antelope was? Cause so yeah. we can pop over the hill. Yeah, we, so end we end up use, getting down
1: there and... Like draw a line in Onyx, or if you're using base maps, they have that feature where you can, you know, shoot an azimuth and it'll, yeah. you know, you can pick a range and then drop a pin right there. So you have like a destination that you're headed to. I think our well, excitement got the better of us. Yeah. We're like, oh yeah,
3: easy stock, let's go. See we load you. up
1: our scopes and
3: head down the hill and we're off. Mm-hmm. And... uh Preston sees another buck with a doe on across the, this valley that we're walking through on other the side. further, what, yeah, on the farther side. We just act like we don't notice him, and maybe he won't notice us, and he kind of stays eight hundred yards away or something. Yeah. It's not like we are close to him, but
1: but they can see you just
0: as, oh, just yeah. the same. They yeah, definitely. But they didn't bugger off. They didn't bugger off. We we walked in a different
3: direction. We get down to where I thought okay, okay I think we're far enough now. I think. That group of antelope's got to be close. Let me crawl to the top of this hill and just peek over and see where we're at. Well, those hills are so wide and flat at the top and so gradual. I start crawling and I can't see the other side. I keep crawling, can't see. I'm just plateaued out. Mm -hmm. I eventually see a doe and I only see one doe and this was a fairly big group I was looking for. I'm like, oh, maybe they're still farther down. Go up a little more. Okay, I don't want to booger this doe up because she's going to see me. And... So we back out and go down further. Next thing you know, well, I realized we were way past them. We passed them and then uh get into a position where we can kind of make a stock on them. And I think I got to 400 yards and saw me yeah. or
1: saw us, and they boogered. And it's a muzzleloader, mind you, guys. So a muzzleloader yeah, hunt. Got to reiterate that. So you 400 uh, yards with the Creedmoor or something have been non-issue, but yeah. little limited here.
3: Yeah, I wasn't even in a position to start even thinking to set it for a shot. But I was, like, trying to see, oh, yeah, the buck's in there see the buck. And then, oh, yeah, he saw me too. And didn't take long after that. They're a mile away in no time. I kind of
0: saw that coming. So he was up there doing his thing. And while, at some point, I don't know if you noticed, I just backed off and I was going to go back around the hill for in case when they buggered over, maybe I could get a shot too. But they buggered quicker than we anticipated. Uh, As
1: per pressured antelope will do.
0: Yeah. Keep them, I guess we have, we have seen other vehicles in the area at this point, public land. Uh, Yeah. No blaze orange though. So just. Uh, So archery hunters. Archery hunters, yeah.
1: And archery hunters don't have to wear orange during muzzleloader season. Nope. Mm -hmm.
3: Correct.
1: Oh, I suppose it's only during rifle. So if it was the rifle season open, they would have had to wear orange. Okay.
0: So they really only go one rolling hill over and that's, that's probably 800 yards thousand yards maybe so we kind of go after him um that one buck oh that big buck out of that group stole that lone bucks only doe too (laughs) so now he's all by himself (laughs) he was mr casanova (laughs) yeah he's just standing there a little bit upset i said ryan why don't you go see if you can find that big one and i'll try and go get that that smaller one that just got his his lady stolen and is all by himself sad uh but I mean, the antelope just have such great eyesight, and in a pressured area like this, they they were they ran away quickly. Yep. Um, and with a muzzleloader, you you do have to get relatively close. close. So sure. Kind of gave up on those. Um, well, in Nebraska, if you buy an
1: antelope permit with archery equipment, you get a hunt the whole state for antelope. And so, yeah, you know the people that that come to Nebraska looking for goats. This unit in particular has, you know, huge masses of, of public land where a lot of some of the other units don't. And yeah, during archery season those goats get stirred up quite a bit and uh, they get weary and they get keen on movement and they're not okay with it. Yep.
0: So we kinda head back for the truck. Uh did see another antelope. Uh, he probably saw us too about four hundred yards. So we're kind of like taking turns. Who's gonna shoot? Mm-hmm. I feel, uh, and this one was out of reach for for you anyway. I feel, but when I eventually, when he eventually got settled down, oh, this is after you waved a game bag at him. Yeah, we did try the white. So the old white, white bag, flag, trick. white flag trick. Uh, it made him actually run away from us. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Noted.
3: So. He was like, Preston's, you got
0: got something white? These game
3: bags. Yeah. You know, I pull it out. I barely get it up, and he just he's, he's out of 180 here. One eighty
1: and. Turned around
3: and heads back. He was gone.
1: Maybe on a less pressured animal where they're, you know, a little more relaxed or something. Well, Well, Judd's got the hat. You got the the antelope headgear.
2: I wouldn't take that on uh, when there's gun season, though. Yeah, no no kidding. Well, that was my thought, why I got that thing. And I've yet to have the opportunity to use it. But you get busted cresting those long hills. So it's like, maybe it wouldn't work perfectly, but maybe it'd make them stop and think for a minute, you know, or whatever, enough to... Let well, you have even a shot, if it but... worked a
0: quarter of the time, yeah. that's huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I pulled pull up on this this antelope. somehow he stopped on the road, like the one road there, and I just didn't feel comfortable with the shot. Yeah. At that point 100%, he's, he's yeah. six hundred yards. I'm holding an antelope off of him with a probably a seven or eight mile an hour wind. Yeah. Uh, well, keep in mind I'm running a smokeless, right. not a not an inline. And you've got him
2: using Ford off. Well, using, f- yeah, using the BC BC version, yeah using a yep. ballistic
1: calculator and a reticle where you're not just holding an antelope you know i'm holding oh, this yeah. many minutes of angle or whatever
0: correct okay. it was like five minutes or so and i just i didn't feel that comfortable holding off of him and and he was on the road yeah that's, weird that's a little that probably yeah
1: yeah that's not it's not
0: right but it was early in the morning we did yeah. five point some miles in that first two hours and then uh this got piece, into some action though oh absolutely yeah. A little distraught at that point, that just we kind of figured out these antelope are weary. Yeah. Um, but this this public piece had a, a road you could drive into uh, on this on this northern half, so we drive it the whole way. Did not see an antelope. And I'm mm. like, oh, that's weird. Wah, wah. But we got to the very end, and we did finally see a doe, and then another doe, and then oh, there is a buck over there. I think there's probably a group of eight or nine does. Yep. Watched some of them bed down. In this little draw, and it actually had some green in it. You know, there's actually some, yeah, some, some good vegetation, yeah, and something for them to eat. So we make a plan to stock them. Uh, I went ahead and slammed my thumb in the truck door, it still doesn't close, right, <laughs> folks? Classic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, broke the darn door, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, didn't swear or nothing, just said, Ugh! Yeah, I just did some teeth grinding. Uh, I said, yep. Ryan, you go after him, but anyway, I, I collected myself and we were gonna go do this stock, right. So we get to 100 yards, 150 yards away from the truck, said, I think we're where we need to be for this contour line. Uh Let's go ahead and peek. And we peek, and there's no antelope there. They're gone. I'm Vanished. like, how is this possible? We haven't gained any ground on them whatsoever. They sh- they should not have been able to see us at all. And we look over, oh, there they are, running in South Dakota. Yeah.
4: Hmm.
0: So uh. a little rough. Uh distraught we turn around uh do at least a, you didn't make it too far yeah didn't yeah. make it too far at all uh stock two does thinking maybe there'd be a buck with them. there's some rut activity for sure mm-hmm. going on at this point uh no buck with those does and then a little bit further and we literally see a buck and he he scares from 20 yards off of the road that we just drove on so either he appeared out of nowhere or we drove right by him the first time hmm. Um, he gets out there about 440 yards, I believe. Uh, I'm on him. I go to reach for my phone and it's charging in the truck. Oh, you gotta have your, <laughs> gotta have your drop numbers. So I said, "Right, can you go get it? He had it, my file on his phone. If we would have remembered I, yeah, it. I yeah. did. I had it, I had it loaded in my So app. he does grab it. The antelope moves out a little bit. He's at 540 yards, solid as a rock, prone, prone. out. Um, keep in mind guys, I'm shooting a a bullet with a BC of a 0.4 at 2,650 feet per second. So this is like almost a 308. Yeah. Almost like shooting a 308 Winchester. So I feel confident. I'd taken it out way further than that practicing beforehand. Um, it's calling for 12 and a half minutes. The scope I'm running at the time, no longer anymore, Mm -hmm. is a half minute adjustable turret. So in my mind, I see 12 and I go two because on every other scope it's in the a world, it's, it's a quarter minute. Yeah. So I thought I just dialed to 12 and a half. I actually dialed to 13 and I shoot right over his back. Wow. That so, hurts. Case in point <sighs> yeah. right
1: there, you never rise to the occasion. You only fall back to your highest level of training. Yep. And when your muscle memory says the quarter minute click or a 10th of a mil click and it's not. Yeah. Make a silly mistake,
0: so yeah, it's, it's not the scope's fault. It's a hundred percent my fault. It's nut behind the bolt usually is, but then we say, "Well, if, if we've kind of played this piece out, I, I feel, and we head to Judge's place. Uh, <laughs> yeah Judge, little you little signed the private book? piece. Yeah. yeah, we signed the guest list. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he'll see you later. Uh, I don't know. Why don't you tell him how that went down? That's kind of uh, <clears throat> turned out to be your place. So we
3: on the south edge of this public there's a set of rolling hills and you, you couldn't quite see behind each one of those i wanted to un turn over every s- stone on that little side i'm like maybe we'll get lucky and give me a chip shot i'll walk over one of these hills and it'll be a group bedded here mm-hmm. well, i tell preston i'm gonna walk over each one of these hills and just i'm gonna walk a little further see if i can see any hunker down back here so he sets up and starts glassing right off the bat i eventually walk around these hills there's nothing there set up start glassing again and we Find a, a buck with a doe and a fawn, and on private. Just in the corner of private, though, right next to public. And they're just meandering around, aimlessly, seemingly,
0: but just doing antelope stuff. Doe didn't seem to be real interested in the buck, but the buck seemed real interested in the doe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, eventually,
3: I mean, we I felt like it was t- half an hour or 15, something. 20 yeah, like, minutes at least. That buck. Just starts heading west, jumps the fence, and heads into public. Me, yep. not knowing at the time, there was another buck over there. But Preston already saw that. I never saw this other buck in public. So he runs out there and, yeah, and then uh,
0: what chases, happened next? Chases he chases the chased. little buck probably half the distance of that valley away and then heads back to his doze. And that oh. other buck just stands there like, I don't know if he was distraught or just needed to catch Somebody his wind. Kicked or his dog. Something. Yeah, he just. Yeah.
3: That's w- when I finally realized that cuz the whole time I was just watching that first buck that came off a of private I was watching him through my spotter, kind of had tunnel vision on him, getting some video and stuff and and we actually had service and I was texting Preston what should we do? Like my initial thought was I'm heading I'm heading back in here. I'm hoofing it and we're I'm putting on a few miles and we're going to see be, get back here and we're going to spend the rest of the day back in here.
0: I kind of said nah. and he kind of <laughs> said no. Nah. And he kind of
3: he said this that other buck seems like you would make a play on him. He has He's been standing there for a good thirty minutes. I'm like other buck. Oh, and I pan the scope over, him. Yep. Oh, okay, there's another buck
0: standing here, and he my, sure. And my, and I had no problem going back there, for I guess to describe it, to get across <clears> this <throat> wasteland valley where like I'm glassing this whole valley, and I don't see anything except for what's happening right in front of us. But I'm looking, and there's nothing. Like there's nothing. So we have to get past all of this to probably get into the good stuff. And at this point it's it's noon, right? I said, if we're gonna do this, let's hydrate up tonight and let's let's eat make a couple a more, more of Kilbasa dogs. Because you know it's gonna cakes.
2: take some water and a cheeseburger to at get, least. get there and back.
0: And I'm a bigger guy, so it might take two cheeseburgers <laughs> and maybe even more water. Two waters. <laughs> so I kind of said, Let's do that tomorrow and he said, That's fine. I said, But there's this other buck here i don't I, I didn't know if he had seen it at this point he's just been standing there i think there's a way to do it i think there's a cut in front of me just come come to me and and you'll see the cut and and tell him about the stock i guess yeah so I
3: thought, all right, Lily, right let's go for it and i pack up my stuff uh, get around the backside of those hills that i walked in on and yeah there's like this little Ditch that yeah, just when happened I, when to run. I say
0: cut. I would say shallow valley. Yeah, makes it was yeah. A better sense of it. It was
3: pretty shallow, but it was just enough there.
1: Elongated depression. The,
0: there you go. the hills
3: on the sides are just enough that I could gain some ground out of view of that that buck. But yeah, it kind of seemed like it ran straight north away from you, the hill you were standing sitting on. So I dump my pack and I start going. A lot of low walking, some of it crawling, depending on the hills on the sides of that little ditch. But I eventually get to uh there's a fence in that, that pasture and I could crawl right through the bottom of that fence because it was in that ditch. And then the hill right at the end of that, it was like basically like a path straight north roughly and then it hits a, a wall and then there, that's a little knob. And if I would have kept following that ditch to the right, I was in open view of that buck. Because okay. I peeked out and okay, I could start to see him. And if I get out in the open here, I'm still too far out for of the game shot. for me to take a shot. 300 yards was my mark. That was, with the setup I had, the bolt I was using, uh, that scope. was the coat off. Like the scope. Just the whole system p- capabilities but, in my head was 300 yards. That's my cutoff. I need to get to 300.
2: And that's just a standard inline. Standard break inline action,
3: break up and break action muzzleloader. Yeah. BDC. 209. Reticle. BDC BDC reticle. Mm-hmm. Two and a half to 10. So, yeah, I'm, okay, I'm like, all right, this is the hill I got to make my stock up. If I can gain distance here this is this is where i'm gonna make my play otherwise he's gonna be be gone and as i'm doing that i crawl up on my belly and i'm as low to the ground as i can get because the grass is like eight inches yeah. maybe so i just try to get in line with him and now he, he looked like he had been making his way towards so, me yeah, slightly
0: I'm, I'm watching all this in the glass <laughs> and at some most of the time I'm, I'm looking at the buck and then i'm panning over to Ryan. and eventually the paths meet and i'm watching this whole thing unfold in the and binoculars. you're thinking this
1: is going to be a home
0: run well i'd done some ranging and i said where you said uh that's as far as i can go i was hoping there was a little bit more there because it was still going to be a pretty far shot i think i ranged it at like 350 or something like that yeah. So I was hoping there's a little bit more you could get but at some point during this the buck sees you yeah and Sometimes they're a little bit curious, these antelope, and he actually comes towards Ryan. So he's should've, working his way. I'm like, oh. should have tried the white flag. But I <laughs> had a deal. Alone
3: of profile, my my bipod's out as, about as high as I can get them, get above that grass. Luckily, I had that taller bipod. But So my profile is just what is my head and my shoulders, probably a little bit of my torso up. It's not like I was out there walking around.
1: Mm-hmm. And so you're laying on the, so in laying, the prone behind the gun.
3: Yep. And I tr- inch forward eight. Ten inches, a foot at a time. I'm just inching forward, moving my gun with my right hand, and I'm crawling with my left. And I'm just hoping he's he's still gaining on me a little bit. And he get to a point where it looks like okay, he's used up all the curiosity he's going to use. Yeah, and, and he's now he's
0: like, now he's paralleling you. Oh, he's okay. not getting maybe any closer. trying to get the wind or something. <clears throat> yeah, he just skirting. So I range, I think three three nineteen. I think
3: the first I was thinking the first range I got. I don't know three fifty something like that. And then, yeah, I get to a spot where, okay, it's like, yeah, 315, 320, whatever, or 319, I don't remember what I said. But uh, he was straight straight on me. All I could see was his head and his neck, his chest.
0: Yeah, and his his pacing was used up. You could tell he at was that just, point. Yeah.
3: He's got me pegged. And, yeah, he's 315 yards away. And I'm, uh, and there was a decent crosswind at that time. Looking back, so I didn't take the shot. I wasn't comfortable with the shot. My, I got the hammer pulled back. My finger's on the trigger. got my kept telling myself in my head if he turns at all and pauses i'm sending one but after a few seconds he turns and takes off right away and doesn't hesitate typical in the slightest move. but then he's he's not he's not running but he's trotting off and a trot for an antelope's fast enough that i just wait for him to get behind the hill that i'm up i'm on the bottom edge of this hill and it kind of slopes up to my left so i wait to, for him to get out of sight and i get up and i'm Sprinting hauling it, it, sprinting up to the edge of that hill thinking maybe he just hooks around and he'll stop again but i get up get up there and he's still 420 450 yards away and heading out so hmm. that was that was the end of that game cool stock sounds like and it, it was it was action packed for sure and it, that drug out for a while wasted a lot of the afternoon and then so at, to come up short in the end i was frustrated i'm winded my heart was
0: pounding and i was i didn't yeah i just We'd like, come up short three times at that mm, point,
2: dang. and that's that's kind of antelope hunting. Well, actually, looking I think. back though, like you say, that's kind of antelope hunting. You, you had all that action in a, yeah. in a morning and a half of an sure. afternoon. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's what's so cool about antelope is, you know, deer, especially this time of year, October. If you're archery hunting them, you're waiting for the last hour and a half hour at yeah. daylight. Yeah. And I don't know with antelope, you're just going all day. You can see them all day. Awesome. It was action packed all
1: day. Yeah, that's that's pretty. Remarkable. but that's not
2: how we felt <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well yeah when you're in it and getting your butt kicked yeah, yeah. But looking back so yeah.
1: at this point you're feeling kind of dejected kind of like gosh darn it's been a long day it
3: was it was at this point we had, it was probably before this but at this point we've solidified any buck we're shooting any yep. buck doesn't like, matter anymore even for what we were seeing it's like we're not yeah we have no room here to be picky we so don't uh, have the
0: time and and maybe the viewers and listeners need to know this too we we had two days and Saturday if we and went, Sunday. if we went the whole day Sunday, it was going to be a late night and an yeah. early morning. Yeah, we, Monday work. Monday morning Monday work, work would have been tough. Yeah.
3: We both have families and little kids, and that whole story—you know—taking yeah. time off, heading six hours away from home is just logistically right. Just brings its own set of challenges. We didn't, so want, we didn't want to. We didn't want to make another
1: trip back out there. We'd love to get it done on that
3: that yeah, weekend.
0: Not that we wouldn't love to make another trip out there. It's just—it's just—it's just just,
1: You gotta you gotta choose where you're going to allocate your time resources, yep. but. Yep. Luckily for us, the turntables turn eventually.
0: Yep. Well, so after Dread Spot, we decided we'd go there the next morning, yep. hydrate it, and we'd, we'd hoof it to the back. What did you guys have for dinner? <sighs> for lunch? No, for lunch. yes yeah, sir. Nothing.
3: <laughs> we didn't, we no. didn't. This food's o- a very- Old meal cream
0: pies. Cliff bar.
3: Cliff
1: bar. All uh-huh. right. I don't know. That's a very <laughs> important part of the hunt for me. Take it yeah, I, I, I
0: feel like we just snacked uh, ah. during the day and then yeah, had a nice supper. We were, supper. Truck we were in action, yeah. just happened to be in action through all those times and just never. Yeah. all right. Uh, so I'm, I said, Well, there was some walk in right when we got into our unit. I want to check it out. There was already goats there, it's, but it's on the other side of the unit. So we get in the truck and, we, and we're driving there. I didn't realize at the time how far away it was, but we, we there's another public piece that you could drive on these roads through. We said, Well, we might as well. When in Rome? So, again, not realizing how long that road would take. I mean, we'd, we'd probably drive in 45 minutes. Probably took an hour to get through that whole giant pasture. But 45 minutes through, maybe three quarters of the way through, uh, we finally see an antelope. Like, <laughs> the whole time, we did not see an antelope. Wolf. So, we finally saw one, and I said, Ryan, I'm shooting. I don't care what it is don't care if it's a doe. At this point, I felt like we needed to get one down. Just a little victory giver of war cry. Well, just for time's sake, you know. Morale. Not even morale, just for time's sake. Like, we're running out of time. The first day, the whole day is almost over. Uh, And I said, we're going to shoot that thing. Or I'm going to shoot that thing. Uh, We back up. It didn't bugger off. This one actually didn't bugger off right away. Um, And I grabbed the, the muzzleloader out of the back seat. I look at the scope and it's on eighteen minutes. <laughs> I'm like hmm, that's not right. I've never dialed eighteen minutes on this scope this whole trip. Said so I hope I I put the zero stop in it and I turn and I turn and I turn and I turn until the scope is just out of travel. I did not have the zero stop in it. Yeah,
1: well and even the zero stop
0: on that particular model of scope isn't super precise. But at least it would have stopped yeah, it would somewhere have in it, a rev. Yeah. Revolution for those listening and watching, but I said, Ryan, I'm I'm definitely shooting this thing now, 100%. Shoot and the I'm, gun for sure. I'm going to guess yeah. on this on this antelope, and if and if you're kind of new to longer range shooting, if I'm off a revolution, I'm going to miss the antelope entirely by a lot. So no harm, no foul. I might just scare it a little bit, but um, I kind of guessed on where I felt that turret should be height wise. Uh, we did a quick little stock. Ryan was on glass. I got a range. I think I dialed. Uh, I don't remember what I dialed, but it was 340 yards, and boom! Recoil actually takes me out of out of uh, the scope, but I heard it smack it, and uh, hammered him. Just hammered him completely. <clears throat> He's down, blood everywhere. Uh, not the best shot in the world, though. It wasn't. A um, back. It was a little back, right. but I mean, just instant death. Yeah. Um, it's a big 300 bullet. grain he, bullet uh, traveling pretty quickly, and and he was down quick. But must have been some wind out there that I didn't realize. Or evidently, that gun was getting beat up in the back seat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we got him quartered up. I think it was a 300 yard walk to the truck. Wow. And we had him on ice. <laughs> yeah, it was. So that's that's going to that be was, a good tasting goat. Fortuitous. Yeah, getting it cool that quick. Yep uh took a few pictures we'll put those up um right here no maybe right here <laughs> um, <laughs> getting cute with it um and then yeah headed out of there uh one goat in the books one goat down felt good oh it felt great felt really good uh, then I'll I'll let you take over cuz I remember what time is this this was like, what time I remember
3: looking at my watch thinking we got like two hours, two good hours of light left. It was so like that was, had to be, yeah, that had to Five be, o'clock, yeah. maybe? Five 30 o'clock, o'clock. O'clock. yeah. And, uh, yeah, because we, we were talking about it, that this, you got the sunset time half hour after sunset is legal shooting light. But out there, it seemed like there's no way you could take a shot much past sundown. It just get, seemed like it got really dark pretty, really fast. Sure, Cloudy. With the moon, too. We were I mean, like, yeah, we got two hours of good light here. I don't, like, there's no way we're going to find another buck and get him killed. but. We're gonna drive back down that main road, so we get out of that pasture. Guys passing us as we as I'm opening that gate to get out of that pasture. Guy passes us, truckload of other hunters, archery hunters presumably. Uh, then we turn the corner there. There's a guy stopped on the side of the road. I thought it was the same truck, but turns out different wasn't. guys. We drive past him. We see a, another buck off this creek bottom on the other side of this creek bottom we, dr- we were driving along I'm like hey there's buck he's he's in a killable spot he's in range at the he's moment he's in range just get off the off the road a little bit he's in range so i get out stop the truck get out and glass and i'm than get him in my view then i hear this truck pull up beside us and this guy's uh barking at me saying that his his boy's down there chasing him with a bow so okay another guy's yeah, get after already on the stock. Oh, they're already on the books. I didn't know that. So we get in the truck and head and continue on. I don't know, like, know if that kid ever shot that buck.
0: I hope he did. He might have scared it. At least but
3: he looked like he was already onto him as we were looking at him. But anyway, so we proceed down that road, and I'm looking back behind me as we're driving by, just because there's some decent hills. Could be anywhere. Could be anywhere. Just kind of in desperation, it's like we need to find something and we're going to go after it. So and sure enough, I see a a body. As I'm looking back behind me, we already drove past it. Like, hey, press and turn around. There's something back there. I don't think it's a doe, but
1: I don't know. We're going to we're going to check mm, there. if there's wait, does there's probably bucks. If you don't confirm what it is, you have to assume it's a massive non-typical. At least a Boone crocker. <laughs> yeah, that's what my dad's always said and that, that seems to hold true. I've seen a lot of massive non-typicals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you've seen what could have been. boom yeah, so we had, so we had to confirm mm-hmm.
3: so we turn around get pulled off and get to a point where we could glass see that there was indeed a buck over there uh didn't really sit, tell what size he was but that's all really more confirmation i needed i grabbed my pack and i'm starting to head that way because it's see ya. so <clears throat> we get down there and okay there's a, a route to take but there isn't much cover there there's gonna be a good distance here those that, uh, it's a doe and a fawn I think at the time that all I knew of up on this hillside feeding and there's no way to cut any distance without being in the open for a little while so we just do it and they tolerate it for the time being but they're still
0: they tolerated it in the wide s- open while we were five six hundred yep. yards away then we finally get to a little bit of rolling hills and Ryan puts on the stock
3: yep same thing get to a hill okay this is where we got to make our approach here for a shot and by this time, that buck had dropped down and went up. To, and he had a doe
0: with him. That's why he oh. didn't come out and worry about yep. that other. So
3: now there's, I think, four does in that buck on this side hill. A lot of eyes feeding. on you. And I get to uh, 380, I think. I ranged first range was like 380. I'm like, no, that ain't that ain't gonna work. Uh, same story as I, same stock as I did earlier. And I'm scooting up on my belly, trying to gain some distance. Put my hand in a cactus. That was awesome. Yeah, you can put your knee in a cactus, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Better than other parts, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, yeah, they're the really fine, prickly ones. So, so they're going to stay they in your knee in for, there for about three months. They yeah. in there for uh, yeah, like a week after or so. But anyway, get to a range, okay. I start hearing, uh, I think I range 340. And we're hearing d- the does make their
1: distress distress
3: whistle buzz thing they make. Uh but yeah. It was odd. So it's like, okay, that those those are they about had it. And if those take off that buck's gone. So I pull up my phone quick and get three forty in the B C calculator with my new the new setup i am using. Not comfortable with that really, but there was no wind. I'm like and after I had passed up the opportunity earlier with a similar range shot, looking back on it, okay, I could probably probably make it happen. luckily there were there was no wind that i felt or saw
2: and you shot at 300 here right
3: and i shot steel at 300 yeah and it was real consistently so i knew that the bc number i was using was pretty solid for that bullet so yep i looked at what 340 was okay i know my 300 hold point in my reticle uh and i held held that of about accordingly I'm holding that 300 point just off the top edge of his back, and I send it and come off the gun and recoil. And I remember thinking in that three-tenths of a second window, uh, crap, I missed him. Because then, obviously, we're shooting two different, completely different systems, but the time from shot to impact on Preston's at that same distance was bang, wah. Boom, whack. And so my mind is just thinking that because that was just a couple hours earlier, and I hear boom, pause. I'm like, oh, I missed him. Whack. <laughs> and I hear that yeah. bump. And I was like, okay, I'm coming back on the gun and about right after I hear that. And, yeah, he runs. the does take off, and he turns to run with the does, but doesn't make it far, 10, 20 yards and stops. And so I'm watching him
0: just stand there, and he falls over not That's too it. long after that. He's also, Ryan's also saying to me at this time, do, you, do I need to reload? And I, well, said, and I said, absolutely not. So my side of the story is <laughs> I'm 20 yards behind Ryan. I know this because I ranged Ryan mm-hmm. and I also ranged the antelope at 360. So I know he's got a 340 yard shot. I said, this <laughs> yeah. point in the day, he's doing it. I oh, know, yeah. I know he is. That's crazy craziest so look in his eye. <laughs> I, I finally get that range on Ryan after getting the range on the antelope. And I go back to the antelope with the binos and it and it goes off and it hits him. I know that for certain. It looked good. He Nicely turned right in the shoulder. He turned and the offside shoulder had a, you know, a golf ball-sized exit wound with blood coming out of it immediately. Yeah, right through the shoulder yep. And Yep. Perfect said, shot. And he said, do I need to reload? And I said, I wouldn't worry about it if I were you or something like that. Yeah. And he's like, are you sure? <laughs> I mean, the <laughs> animal did run a little ways. It had to run out of yards, oxygenated yeah. blood and uh i'm still looking
3: at it through the scope like yeah i probably asked you that like six times yeah <laughs> even after he fell i'm like you think he's gonna get back out doing his reload? <laughs> so i just wanted to make sure he doesn't just get up and run off like yep. again high shoulder no man's land shot or something but yeah but you were no, pumped was i was pumped but you were more pumped and it, was was awesome. it was awesome it was awesome to see the
0: fact of the, the culmination of it all yeah, yeah i mean it's it, this is months and months we of were stuff, able to you know?
3: get that bullet made just in time Before that trip, got it just enough of them made. I could shoot some, get comfortable with the gun. And
1: And then have it work exactly as it was designed. Able to
3: get me that capability to shoot a muzzleloader at 340 yards efficiently and effectively and Mm -hmm. hit home. And performance was, I couldn't ask for much better performance.
1: Yeah, so you get up there to quarter him up, and not to be morbid, but what was the terminal performance like? So
3: I looked at entrance, I just missed his front shoulder. So just in front of the front shoulder, didn't get bone, blew up ribs, exited, just center-punched the off-shoulder on the backside, and, yeah.
1: Heart and lung area, just jello.
3: Probably missed the heart, but, yeah, the lungs or the body cavity was just filled with blood. And Excellent. like I said, golf ball-sized exit, so you know that thing, thing
0: expanded. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you kind of figured in the calculator it was it was a little over 1,200 Uh, feet per second on impact and over 1200 foot pounds of energy yeah 1270
3: ish feet per second and they like yeah
0: 1290 1250 foot pounds energy at that impact at that distance yeah and and had not a complete max charge i don't think no 82 Um, grains weighed of blackhorn 209 and what was that giving you for
3: velocity uh 1855 feet per second at the muzzle Blackhorn max charge is 84 grain, so I could probably get 19, 15 ish if I got a max hmm. charge. but Unnecessary, it seems like. I mean, unnecessary. You're... I just happened to choose that arbitrarily, really. I didn't do a lot of a load development there. I just wanted didn't to get have little a lot of more. bullets. Didn't, didn't have, have a lot yeah. of time. Yep.
1: But man, what a, what
3: a day. But yeah, the feeling of getting two bucks killed that night, I was like, yeah, there's no way I thought we were going to get that done. like and We're going to
0: have an all right Sunday. Yeah. We're going to be able to drive home. Take our time, yeah. no rush, you know all this stuff, and so yeah, we we quartered him up. Uh, Ryan was cramping, lack of oh. of water.
2: Judd, I thought we talked us. about this. He,
0: Judd warned us. Yeah, take your water.
2: I
3: did drink. I thought I drank a fair amount. I usually do get pretty good at that, but it wasn't life or death situation. No, it was just no, a little. Just, I was working that knife, and I'm just like, yeah, oh, just it was a little bit of pain here and there, but so yeah, it wasn't that bad. And yeah, we were. Nine hundred thousand yards to the truck, from there, still was, was it was not that bad. Yeah,
0: but, didn't even put them on the pack. just carried them out yeah. the game bag.
3: Still,
1: but the story's not over.
0: No, not because quite. you guys had supper, and you had to get through the night. Well, yeah, supper was a little lackluster, to be honest with you. It's I the same you're... exact thing as the Dang night before. Yeah, I was <laughs> hoping you'd have a cheeseburger and you well, fed so, the coyotes yeah. and
3: the cheeseburgers kind of got ruined. our lovely Oh. hamburger patties got soaked from the melted water the ice oh, melted ice, ice the water in the bottom
1: of the cooler and and they thawed themselves and, okay they well, were not to totally add to the good. adventure
0: side of the things
1: so yeah we got supper. some inclement weather
0: yeah uh go to to bed in our tents, I think so we got back in the dark to the truck in the dark, drove forty five minutes back yeah. to our camp in the dark and, and pretty much ate some supper and then went to bed i I myself slept for a couple of hours and then all of a sudden the tent was hitting me in the face or in the head, you know, and then I, uh, I held it for a few minutes <laughs> and then I started getting wet and I'm like, I have the rain fly on. This is, this is not good. And wind, so rain, and wi- Western the wind Nebraska is coming. wind, obviously yeah. it's going <sighs> to Eventually gonna I get, you. I don't want to get wet. I don't, this is dumb. I'm going to the truck and I, while it's happening, there's lightning. i see oh, through the lighten tent. Lighten up the sky. Yeah. Yeah. So I head to the truck, uh, I don't know, Ryan probably put it, uh, held out for another 15 minutes before I finally opened the door and said, Ryan, it looks like it's going to get worse. Are you coming? <laughs> <laughs> so you can... oh, I,
3: yeah, because after it, it, that main front pass through, it kind of cleared up. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll be able to fall asleep now. And yeah, no, no chance. No. I wasn't sleeping. And then I start seeing lightning again. Yep. Like, oh boy, it's, it's yep. coming That's what I said, again. this looks worse than, than the last one. This was one. two
0: in the morning, maybe. I don't remember what it was, but. So we watched a downloaded Netflix movie in the truck because it's pretty hard to sleep in a truck if you ask me. Yeah. Uh, just begging for sunlight to come. Uh, eventually it does do a little bit more filming and hit the road.
1: Yeah. Great stuff. Now, before we, we change into our final gear here on the final uh, antelope hunt, I want to hear Judd's thoughts on the juxtaposition of his hunt and his experience with uh, that exact same area and how it compares to yours. Cause it, from what I remember of episode 32, Judd didn't see any other hunting pressure. There were animals all over. He's picking over. Oh, that's just an antelope. And then you guys, <laughs> it seems like we're a lot well, less picky and had to a little more competition. How'd that? So you I, think it was just the time you went?
2: I would say, well, it sounded like you guys saw a goat. So I don't know whether going, and then no other people weren't orange muzzleloader hunters. Sure. So I think the biggest thing to me is I had a dedicated. I've got three to four days to stay here. So my first day in, I was, yeah, you know, my mindset wasn't ever rushed, and I yeah. picked the one spot, Judd's Jud spot, yeah, and uh, that was where I was staying for the day. So it, it's a little bit bigger of a chunk. So I was, I had my whole day. I had like a ten mile loop I just mapped out and said, okay, this is when I want to work through. So. And that's what I stuck to. So never really feeling rushed or pressured (laughs) or whatnot. And the the one perk, it does take some time to get across the one big valley. And I don't know if I really realized this at the time, but once you got across that in this area, it did start to roll a little bit more of the hills. You had a little more topography to work with and to, to move around without antelope seeing you. So that probably helped me too. But I'd say the biggest thing was, my whole mindset of, well, I, I got four days, so yeah. I, and I ended was, up killing it on the evening, the first evening, yeah. but you know, the whole way through that day, you know, I was just happy go lucky. I'm here for a chunk of time. So yeah. Yeah. any hunt to do and, you know, a limited two or less days or one you feel day. The pressure. It's tough. So.
1: That's a yeah, good point. And you guys were on a weekend and you were during the week. So yeah. maybe that might be something to take away here. If you can get the time expenditure. Maybe go the, during the week. The thing is we originally had
3: planned on doing just that.
1: Remember our original plan
3: was to go Wednesday. But we had to make some adjustments, uh, so I could make it easier on my wife to do, deal with kids and work and stuff. And there's some So yeah. The original schedule got shifted to go to the weekend just
0: to make it work easier. Yeah. And I would say if if we would have done Judd's spot first thing in the morning, but I wanted to be a little different, you know. Sure, you yeah. can just copy up Yeah. But if Can't we would have done, that, much we done <laughs> that, we wouldn't have seen another hunter. Because I don't, Both, yeah. I don't think there's another road on the backside of that. I yeah. think you got to the, walk. There's that. roads, but they're ranch private private roads. Prior roads. Yeah. 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 So yeah.
1: Well, it sounds like the archery hunters on the weekend were probably is because there's only 25 gun tags out there for a mm-hmm. muzzleloader. Um, so you're really not a whole lot of competition there. But the antelope tags, I mean, I don't know how many Nebraska
0: sells a year. Well, um, non-residents limited now, but I think residents still unlimited.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So there's a ton of tags out there, a ton of people with, with archery equipment, uh, getting it on out there, which is great. Um, but, uh, awesome. awesome. So that, that was a good, a good recap. And we, then
0: we earned those. those yeah, yeah.
1: And, and uh, for the viewers here, we do have Ryan's goat on the table, uh, side by side with his hula, hula offer. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> another respectable goat. That's a Nebraska. That is a
3: Nebraska goat. He was. I'd say he was. This is very uh, representative of what you're going to see. What out we there. were seeing out there. I mean, we. St- I think we saw a couple bigger ones, but overall, yeah, they were smaller overall.
1: Yeah, and, and you get out lucky. there on the private land chunks, just driving through. Like when I'm driving that way to South Dakota or Wyoming or whatever, just driving through on those private chunks, you see goats that look like this here, but on the on the public land that's a, a good representative of what you're going to see yep all right last and final hunt now preston wyoming beautiful
0: wyoming yeah casper wyoming yeah pro- probably one of my favorite places in wyoming agreed mm-hmm. um so yeah took off to casper wyoming and like literally as soon as we got past douglas there was they like, are. the density of antelope here is just absolutely insane and every one of them from the interstate seemed like a shooter yeah like every one of them um but yeah this, this is a guided hunt i did have a couple of guys with me Um, but uh coal creek outfitters is who we used and kelly glouse uh his son helps him a little bit and he's, his son has his own um outfitting, outfitting uh, mm-hmm. business as well that one is uh, Heart, spear. Heart Spear Outfitters, yep. So Cody and Kelly Glass. But Kelly was our guide on this one, Coal Creek Outfitters, and uh, had a really, really nice piece of ground that we could go check out. Um, it actually sits on two units. So we went through a majority of this lease, and it wasn't our unit, but we got to ours and started hunting. Um, both of the guys that were with me were able to shoot really respectable animals on the first day, Yep, did have to change a a flat tire without a lug wrench, lug nut wrench. How'd you Uh, do that? Well, there was a- Did you grip it with your bad thumb that you smashed in the door? But it was an eight-way adjustable wrench. So like each end of it had four and they would rotate. Uh So one of them barely fit and we'd tap it on there and then I'd stand on it and get them loosened. (laughs) Yeah. And then we'd use it to tighten up. But you know what? We got her changed. Middle of nowhere, a nail. Yeah. uh, What are you going to do? What are you gonna do? You gotta adapt and overcome. Mm-hmm. So day this two, part of the
1: Western experience. <laughs>
0: yeah. So so day two. Oh, day saw one bull of the elk hunt. there too. Yeah. Uh, oh, cow elk there too. Like, okay, it, like kind of high of, desert, not super wooded, just kind of high desert like elk. No wooded. Yeah. Yep, high desert for sure. So that was, that was really neat. So those guys got their their antelope, very respectable goats, probably low seventies in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say one, dandy goats. Uh, day two is it was my turn. Uh, so however many goats we passed is however many percentage time a hundred that I've ever passed antelope in my entire <laughs> life. So it was it was odd. The first day we saw three dandy bucks first thing in the morning, and we just kept going. I'm like, what is going on here? Eventually, I ended up shooting the bigger of out of all of them on day two. But yeah. Uh that it was a new experience for me. I've never passed so many antelope in my life. Ever. I don't think I've passed the antelope at all. No. That I could. <laughs> no. I... <laughs> um but yeah. Uh, saw a coyote. Uh one of the guys got that coyote on Good. on day two. Doing a service. Yep. Uh did do one stock on day two. Uh got to within a hundred and six yards of this goat. And so got a really good look at it and just decided not to shoot. Kelly kind of pulled me off of it. And uh, eventually we're, we're going down this pasture road and I see the number two buck from the day before. Mm. I said, he's very interesting antelope. Unique, you might say. So he, came, he come, kind of come up wide, mass on the bases, right? And big cutters that splayed outward. And then as he'd go up where he'd hook, he just stopped. So he's a little bit shorter, but massive, right? And mm-hmm. I said, Kelly, what is that antelope score? Like I, I'm not good at this. And he said, Oh, 72. I said, Oh, so he's dead then. Yeah, let's go good. get him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we we make a play on him, right? We 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 drive around. We're we're walking up this hill. Just as we get to the top, like I see him out of the corner of my eye, probably five six hundred yards away. Mm-hmm. But the other guys with us whistle go. Well, I couldn't whistle. My mouth was dry and yeah. chapstick and chap lips. and, But they get our attention and said, no, look over here. And I said, no, he's right over here. No, they said, really, look over here. And, and the buck I ended up shooting was right there. Um, 260 yards. I, I mean, as picture perfect as you can imagine. A couple of the does were on to us, kind of like your deal. But this buck was bedded looking the other direction. I could the does were his lookout um but yeah we was able to take a, a nice antelope 14 inch horns not near the mass as ryan's here but but a good goat, very respectable goat i've i'm so tickled pink and blessed and we we quartered him up right there and took him into town excellent excellent trip. It's never seen so many antelope in well, my life
1: right there just kind of shows the example of what what uh, ryan experienced in utah what you experienced in wyoming hunting private ground and not that that's a fish in a barrel type thing but just being able to get away with like oh they see me and they're st- they're not running you know they're not cool with it they're just kind of milling around or they're eyeballing me but they're not sprinting over the hill like where you guys saw the the you know the the over pressured type uh animal population
0: and they're gone Uh, it was very interesting. I, I love antelope. Some people don't like the way they smell. Some people don't like the way they taste. I love them. Some people want to dog it. Yeah. (laughs) I think, uh, antelope, we've said
1: it. Uh, one of my, one of my favorites. Now in the hotel lobby, you met a fan.
0: Oh, I did. (laughs) I did. And I, I apologize. I forgot his name. I could ask Cody, but uh he he was actually getting guided by Cody. He's from Wisconsin. Okay. Viewer of the show. They went out with Cody, uh him, his dad, and his daughter, they got three nice goats. Beautiful. Heck
2: yeah. Well yeah. That's,
0: yeah, that's cool that uh, you know, if you
1: do see any of us out at a trade show or, or out and about in the wild. In the wild at at the airport, whatever, we'd love to hear from you because uh not that we're trying to be celebrities, but this podcast has turned out to be I think more work than what we anticipated it would be. And it's certainly a passion project though. I enjoy doing it. I know you guys are, are having fun when anytime we can talk about cool stuff and hang out. And it's like you, you step into a time warp, you know, like next thing you know, it's like, oh my gosh, we've been chatting for an hour about stuff we care about. And so it's always good to get the support from the people out there that are enjoying the podcast. And that, that means a lot to us. Yeah. That
0: was, that was kind of like my first, oh my gosh. (laughs) <laughs> like I, I saw you from the podcast moment i'm like i didn't know you'd recognize me i mean, they, they I mean did, you're a pretty you recognizable you, guy yeah it was <laughs> it was really neat and it was cool to see you know a, a, a father and a and a guy and his daughter out yeah, there just getting cool. it done hunting together that was that was neat
1: total western experience yep yeah that, and nothing's more western than antelope correct you know i just so iconic um uh, but that's that's an awesome fall for you guys talk about Grand Slam, four goats, three different states. Great.
0: Four goats, two really
1: good ones. Yeah, and and the, <laughs> the and experience. They all taste great. I was yeah. going to say you got yeah. you got the meat, which is a lot of our favorite game meat, and you get the experience, the the hunting knowledge, and just the camaraderie. You know, the the six hour drive, the eight hour drive, where you're listening to a podcast, you know, podcast, or cranking the polka music, and stopping at the gas stations. You know, it's just good fun, and I uh, that to me is worth it. Way more than the animals is just, you know. I like to go on a solo hunt every now and then, but sharing it with friends and family is just
0: cool. I really enjoy getting up on top of a hill with some glass and just oh. looking. Yeah, that's yep. really fun. Ryan has a two thousands uh, rock playlist that we we went hard on. Classic. Yep. This was in <laughs> the weight room, circa two thousand six.
1: Yeah. And I knew and I knew every song. There. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Well, before we we close this up and and do our final remarks. Uh, since we've got four antelope down, I want to go around the table and hear what's your favorite recipe for antelope? Because uh, we've mentioned it's, it's my favorite game animal. Uh, what are you guys doing for antelope? Brian? you got uh, the antelope down. You're going <clears throat> home to the wife and kids. What are you cooking?
3: So I take the back straps, cut them in half, which is usually what I do for, even, for deer too, but even antelope are a smaller, a smaller back strap. So that's Small enough, I can justify cooking that all in the frying pan. Mm-hmm. I do a ma- overnight marinade. I could take or leave the marinade, to be honest, but sometimes I'll do that. But the main the main point of the recipe is hot and fast in the frying pan. Mm-hmm. Uh, butter, butter. Yep. This year, fresh rosemary from the garden in there with in the pan with fancy, it. fancy, fancy, fancy. <laughs> yeah, and I get it. So it's not, uh, I got a nice seasoning crust on it, so it crusts up nice. Uh, and yeah, internal temp to about, it's 120, and I'm taking it off. And you don't even have to put it in the oven. It was like a, deer, a bigger deer backstrap. I'll need to get it seared, and I got to put it in the oven to finish it. Otherwise, the outside gets too charred. But the antelope backstrap's small enough in diameter. It'll cook all the way through to where I want it to, just in the surf seat in the pan. Mm-hmm. Take it off, let it rest, covered. Bob's your uncle. Easy day. Could don't overhandle it. it. None. You don't need to get fancy. Something. Something simple. It's tender. Tasty. Captain Rosemary. Salt don't have to butter. Ros- rosemary. Yeah. <laughs> and I do that. The seasoning. The surface seasoning. I'll I'll shake that up. Depending on
1: whatever I'm feeling at the time. With what the, you are pairing it with? Maybe. Yeah, like the 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 barbecue rubs and that type of thing. Yeah. Well, and it's almost to me antelope almost has. I'm going to say sweet. That's obviously an overstatement, but compared to other venison, it's almost more of a sweeter, lighter,
0: lighter flavor. So keeping it simple makes sense. Preston, what are you doing? Pretty, two ways, pretty similar to Ryan, uh, cast iron. I don't know if you mentioned that. I didn't, I didn't even use cast iron. So I do use cast iron. Well seasoned. Yeah. Of course. By seasoned professionals. (laughs) Um, so cast iron, I, I'll do it his way. Antelope is so thin Mm -hmm. that you can absolutely do that um I'll do a steak seasoning and it doesn't matter what brand necessarily but we're heavy on black pepper salt garlic powder onion powder mm-hmm. so that type of a seasoning um when I do just the cast iron I mean you get a a fantastic sear in that I'll pull it at 115 that's the number I'm looking for cuz it is going to carry over a little bit yep. I don't do butter or the rosemary but I'll do uh we got a tub of wagyu <laughs> A tallow, bat, tallow bat. Yeah. yeah so you just want to take in a in bath there. in that stuff yeah. slather it all over you i do do that or or butter um but then the other way i like to do it is sous vide sous vide, sous vide uh, water right. immersion mm-hmm. circulator and i'll turn that to 115 degrees um ideally i'll have that steak seasoning in the bag already if not no big deal i'll just put it on afterwards but after i take that out you have to let it rest and cool down otherwise you're sear- you're not going to get a good sear. Right. You have to have cold on hot to get a nice sear. Yep. So I'll let it cool down as much as I can. And then I'll just literally a minute and a half in the cast iron as rip and hot as it'll get both sides. Beautiful. And then I will take a Himalayan pink salt or, or whatever salt. it is. Yeah, Himalayan sea salt. Thicker, you know. Cr- yeah. Crunch coarse. it up coarse. Mm-hmm. And then that'll be it's be a little bit of finishing salt. Bob's your uncle.
2: Man. boy. That does sound all right. Yep. Mr. Jarzinka. I've been a few years out of the game on antelope, (laughs) so I'm trying to think back, and I think I just I go pretty basic, and I do the same thing with uh, like deer backstrap or whatnot. But I've got a pellet grill, so I'll fire the pellet grill up on the lowest setting, throw it out there first. I guess I should say just olive oil, salt and pepper, maybe some garlic salt or you know something not too fancy. Okay, and then let it smoke on the lowest setting for a half hour 45 minutes to an hour pull it off crank it up to 400 or or whatever and yeah. slap it back on there till uh, it's 125ish i like it you know a little bit more rare and then rest it after that and chow down so a classic pretty, reverse sear pretty pretty straight straightforward on that so but all well, those pellet grills i yeah. mean they just they and it's easy. It. set it and forget it so yeah I need to get another one. As we're talking about this whole story, as far as an antelope, yeah, I've got points in a couple different states and building my points back in Nebraska. So you know, burn them up. Need to start figuring that out, getting back out there. Cause yeah, it's been a few years for me.
1: So. Yeah. Well, and we've said this before. I wish they were bigger. Yeah. Because, I mean, <laughs> they're so tasty. And uh, so for me, my favorite recipe with antelope and and really with any wild game, uh, what I like to do with them. Uh, especially with the antelope, and again, I'm a bunch of years removed too uh, from it, is uh, uh, kind of like a a play on carne asada. So uh, I'll do this same thing, but two different ways. So when I take my time and I'm at home, usually take a backstrap or the tenderloins because I have a very strict, we're not freezing tenderloins rule, so we're eating those right away. And I'll do uh, avocado oil, orange juice. Squeeze a couple of limes all into a Ziploc bag. Squeeze a couple of limes and then drop the limes in there. Dice up some onion. Throw that in there. And then we usually buy the big jar of uh, minced garlic, big old spoonful of minced garlic, cumin, black pepper, and uh, uh, paprika. And I'll soak those in there 12 hours overnight, something like that. And then uh, another way you can do this, I, I forgot if I mentioned orange juice. That's the main one, is avocado oil. Orange juice, lime juice. Um, One thing I did with uh, the first antelope, or the only antelope I've killed, we killed it in Wyoming. We stopped at a gas station. Can't remember if we were in Lusk or if we stopped in Nebraska that night or that next morning. Anyways, uh, bought a packet of taco seasoning and a little to-go orange juice. Orange juice, taco seasoning, rolled that up, put it in the cooler. Drove home for eight hours or six hours or whatever, and then when you get home, you've got pre-marinated carne asada, and then uh, yeah, get the grill ripping four hundred fifty five hundred degrees. Two minutes aside, it's about one hundred fifteen degrees, one hundred twenty. Pull it, let it rest, slice it, and I don't know the the acidity complements kind of the sweetness of the of the antelope, and uh I'm not saying it hides gamey flavor or anything, but it's just a I mean. It's so good. You can put it in tacos, but on a tenderloin, we'll just slice it up into medallions and throw them down. No. Well,
0: we, I may get nice. some flack for this, but gaminess and meat, for the most part, not all the time, but for the most part, comes from overcooking it.
1: Yeah. well, oh, 100%. Yeah. Unless you're counting that, that first meal deer uh, that I shot way back when. That thing was borderline unedible. Gamey regardless. Inedible. But Yeah. yeah we could no have good. a
3: whole podcast just on that because I have some strong opinions. Let's on do that. it. On people saying stuff tastes gamey and how how they prepare it from the kill to all the way I, through to I the table. I will say,
0: uh, every antelope that was killed talked about on this podcast, these four antelope had the hides off of them within 15 minutes. Yeah.
1: Expiring. And you've mentioned that in podcast previous that that, I'm going to call it hair, but it's hollow. It's such a great insulator. And yeah, you might gut them and open them up, but that insulation layer on the outside is, is going to cook that meat. And not cook it, but, you know, keep it pretty keep warm. Keep it
0: warm. So, anyway, that, I, I do like to take care of animals that quickly if I can. Mm-hmm. 100%. Thanks for a better product.
1: Yep. And we love eating that finished product. That's right. Awesome. Anybody got a... Anybody uh, else hungry? Yeah. You're <laughs> no kidding, right? <laughs> uh, closing remarks on the postseason pronghorn. Obviously, it was a successful season for you guys. It's done nothing but fuel my fire, not just for antelope, but hunting in general, because we were in the thick of it. Mr. Jarzinka's here has got a wedding coming up. And uh, once that's out of the way,
2: st- maybe I can hunt. He'll be out of that. Yeah, <laughs> he'll a bit be on of a out <laughs> Yeah,
1: he'll be on the rut. Yeah, it'll be rut season uh, for, for the Jarzinkas. Uh, 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 but I know you guys are all, you know, trail cameras every morning we get in there. You guys are swapping trail cam photos and, and talking shop and conversations like this. Just drive it home.
0: Yeah, you may hear this podcast. Um, in three days and I've got bucks chasing on cameras right now beautiful Beautiful thing yeah they're starting to get curious though
1: things are things are happening love it uh as it relates to pronghorn anybody got any closing remarks I I, it's one of my favorite western hunts I just yeah I love it I think we've mentioned this too if you're thinking about going to do a western hunt I'd start with antelope just yeah I'd
3: say being able to do two hunts in the same year, so close together i just I think I like it more than I did going into this season mm-hmm. now this urges me to use up my points like Judd said I got points a bunch of western points for pronghorn too that yeah, I got a little more urgency
1: to use them and closer yeah, well, and with Nebraska being so um frivolous uh not not the right word, but just open i mean you can if you're willing to bow hunt um there's a lot of opportunities here and even with the uh you know states neighboring us for the gun hunters there's a lot of opportunity there with not a ton of time oh groovy yep well again thanks guys for uh for sitting around for sharing the stories and uh everybody out there in podcast land hope you enjoyed uh the postseason pronghorn obviously it was a, a success and we hope you enjoyed it and we hope you get out there and do some hunting we'll catch you on the next one